Bigelow here, joined as always by the guru who knew Jeff the Ref Robinson, the Encyclopedia Britannica of pro wrestling, and this is Wrestling with the Future. And tonight, we've got a very, very special episode. This is Ladies' Night. Ladies' Night? Oh, what a night. I know, Casey, stop that. <laughs> joined tonight by Vicky Otis, Princess Victoria, the Queen of Wrestling, Casey Carlisle, the best friend of Sherry Martell and the best friend of wrestling in general. Let's be honest about it. Kathy Fitzpatrick's here. Yay. And of course, truly, and the ref. The ref is in the house. So this is going to be a real special night because we're going to we're going to pay homage to Sherry, and we're going to talk about uh, old school wrestling. And uh, and well, let's be honest about it. Casey Carlisle, the queen of wrestling. You know, some people call you the queen of mean. I just don't see it in you, babe. Me? Mean? What? Never. Come no. on. No. That's, only when there's, that's only when there's four ropes, uh, or, well, three ropes on four different sides around me. Right. Otherwise, right. I'm just syrupy sweet. Let's, let's talk about that. When people call you the queen of mean, you were inspired by old school. And you've right. talked about it on the podcast before. You know, and you you gave you know homage and paid pilgrimage to those uh, those ladies that paved the way for you. Who were who are the ladies? The 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 women uh, is it lady wrestler or women wrestler? Let's let's get that straight. Either one's fine with me, it's as long as you don't say diva. Oh, I hate that term, Vicky. Oh, I hate that term. I I despise it, lady. When a woman wrestler is fine, but you call me a diva and you're walking on the fighting side of me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think anybody do wants to do. So who inspired you, Casey? Um, well, you guys know I'm not just saying this tonight. I was inspired by Sherry. I was inspired by Luna. I was inspired by Judy Martin and Leilani Kai and... Uh, Victoria, I was inspired by everybody who was pre-1988, basically, you know, Moolah, Mae Young, uh, uh, even like Debbie Combs and Cora Combs, you know, and just going way back, um, because that was when it was still about wrestling. It yeah. wasn't about, um, you know, the shape of your body. It wasn't about your weight. It wasn't about all of this it was about and it wasn't even about your gear you know which some people could get into these days it yeah. was about going in there and just working and being badass and um you know back then it was still the whole special attraction you know we were still put into that classification of <laughs> yeah you know it, it wasn't just here are some really badass women who um, can go and who know what they're doing and and who are trained and have earned the right. It wasn't about all of that. It was, we have women who are going to be wearing less clothes than you, less clothes well, in the audience. You, you, know, you know, Casey, it wasn't that's about a real good thing. point. That's a real good point you bring up. It was wrestling. Even if it yeah. was special, yes, fashion, so it was still women's wrestling. And, and and I want to follow that line of questioning. How much does the look, the lack of attire, if you want to even call it ring gear, I don't even really know if you want to call it ring gear, but how much does that distract people from the product? Where is the core wrestling product if you're looking at somebody's 
an outward appearance. My personal opinion is it depends on the person you're referring to. Are they a diehard wrestling fan who looks past all of that and looks at what's happening in the ring and how it's executed and the story that you're telling and the character that you're presenting? Or is it a casual person or the buddy that is at the event with the wrestling fan who's mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, those are like size, you know, 38C. Right, or like, you know. look at the ass on that chick, you know, because right. whatever. And that's coming from somebody, you know, I make the joke mm -hmm. all the time that I'm over for four reasons, one, two, three, four. That's the joke yeah. that I make all the time. But I there's, some, there's so something funny. to that. You know, I say that also, as I say, a joke, knowing that when I step into the ring, I can go. And I do. Sure. But. Princess Victoria. Yes, sir. All right. Talk to me about breaking. First of all, you seem like a really nice lady, a normal woman by all standards. What the hell were you thinking getting into wrestling? And why and how? Say that again? You cracked up on me. What did you say about how did I get into wrestling? Is that what yeah, you said? Well, yeah, how and why? I mean, you seem like a normal person. Oh, boy, you don't know me at all, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, how I got into wrestling is I had to leave home at an early age. I had my first apartment when I was 14. And I moved up to Portland. And before that, my cousin had taken me to a wrestling match when I was about nine years old. And I saw Jimmy Snooker. Oh, and I still, have, I, I still have the 8 by 10 autograph that he gave me when I was nine years old. But anyway, back to the 14, I was in Portland. There was the Portland Sports Arena, the Chautauqua Sports Arena. And I started going to the matches every Saturday night. And uh, long story short, about two years after I started going, I had lost my job. I had gotten to know Sandy Barr, gotten to know Dale Weir, you know, got to know pretty much everybody, the wrestlers and all. And I walked in one night and I told Sandy Barr, look, I lost my job. I'm looking for a job. So he started having me. I started at the bottom. I was breaking down the ring, setting up the ring. I was setting up chairs. I was sweeping after the matches. And one day, Sandy comes to me. He was running a wrestling school. And he comes to me and he says, look, I got this girl that I'm trying to train for wrestling, but I don't have another girl for her to wrestle with. Will you come be a stand-in? And he was paying me, so I said, why the hell not? And then I took I took my first bump, and pretty much from the moment I took my first bump, I was hooked. Um, in my day, in, in, in my day, we had to learn collegiate-style wrestling, fake down, sit-outs, all of that, before we ever took our first bump. And I was about ready to quit because I got tired of throwing up two and three times a day during training. Right. Well, it wasn't if you were going to throw up. It was how many times and were you going to hit one of the four garbage cans that Sammy had around the ring? <laughs> and I was... Oh, the guys, the guys and gals that train today have no clue. Um, 
And I was just about, I just about had enough. I was bruised head to toe. I couldn't walk without groaning. And then he started teaching me how to take a bump. And then he started teaching me how to do drop kicks. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, I want to be a wrestler. And Sandy kind of cocked one eye out. And he says, okay, do you realize what that entails? I started running every morning at about 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, at this time, I had moved into Sher Sherry and uh, Sandy's house, along with Velvet McIntyre. And every morning, Sandy would squeeze us a, uh, a glass of fresh squeezed orange juice. And then we would proceed to run five miles. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the guys and gals today don't have a clue. You had, in my day, you had to pay your due. They, they, they used to say, I, I mean, they used to say, Vicky, they broke you in, like, really the hard way back then, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Well, their job at that time was to find out how tough I was and how much I wanted to wrestle. And that, how much was I willing to go through to become a professional wrestler? Well, I mean, that, that, Not, tends, to be, I mean, that tends to be what they did with a lot of... I, I mean, it's interesting to hear this coming from one of the ladies that was brought into the business back then because it tends to be the story that you hear with a lot of the men that were brought in around that same time period in the 70s and the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they were all kind of brought in the same way of school of hard knocks. You know, we want to make sure that you want this more than anything in your life and that you're going to protect it at any and all cost, which is one thing I think, is, you know, that now what brought you, this is uh, Jeff the Ref, by the way, and it's good talking to you again. Um, but uh, what brought you from Sandy Bar, and I know we're going to fast forward here, to Moore's camp out in South Carolina? Well, Sandy had booked us, me and Velvet and I, uh, he booked us for about a year, year and a half. We, Ed Moret, we worked for Ed Moretti, we worked for Don Owens, we worked for the infamous Al Topco, and Sandy came to us one day and he said, you got two choices. I, I can't, I can't book you anymore, so you can either quit wrestling or you can go to Moolah. And uh, he didn't really want to send us, but he did. And that, that's basically how I got to Moolah. I had a choice. I could quit wrestling, I could walk away, or I could continue to wrestle. Because Moolah was the female booker at the time. Um, I flew down to Charlotte and uh, bust up with a buddy of mine, and he did, for two weeks, he did everything he could to talk me out of going to Moolah's, but I was hard-headed about it, and I wanted to become a wrestler, and I went to Moolah's. Well, really quick, I just want to let all, all of our listeners know, you were also seen talking about Moolah on the... Um, Vice Land or the Vice series uh, that they did on Moa, where they did the biography and talked about the yeah, dark side of the ring, Jeff. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. Thank you, Angelo, for the bailout there. <laughs> you're welcome. And so now you 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 got the training with Moa and everybody. Now you, I got I got to ask you really quick, just so that our listeners understand, 
You said she was the female booker at the time. What exactly did that entail? What do you mean by that? Well, the first thing she did was tell me that uh, when, when I, once I got to the camp, as it's called, um, the first thing she told me is I needed to be trained as a professional wrestler, and she needed $1,000 to do that. Holy hell. Um, <laughs> right. Sandy didn't charge me a dime and gave me free work. Um, but anyway, uh, then we proceeded to go out to the gym, and they were training me, and I couldn't figure out what I was learning new, but I knew I had to pay the $1,000 or not wrestle. <laughs> True enough. And I stand, and everything that was said on Dark Side of the Ring, and I have watched the show several times, everything that I said on Dark, Dark Side of the Ring, I stand by. Number one, Lula is exactly what her name called her. She was all about the dollar. Number two, this crap about taking her name off of the Battle Royal and taking her out of the quote-unquote WWE Hall of Fame, I do not believe in that. Although, although Moore and I would seriously have some serious words if she was alive today, she was still, she still was a professional wrestler. She still has everything to do with our history. And you, if you eradicate that, you eradicate everybody that was just talked about. Judy Martin, Joyce Grable, Velvet McIntyre, Princess Victoria, Leilani Kai. Amen. None of these people would be known if it was not for Mula booking us. Vicki, i got a question. This is Angelo here. Hello, Do Angelo. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. Depending on who you listen to, Mula was... The greatest thing since sliced bread, a wonderful woman, a bitch or a pimp, depending on who you listen to. You knew this woman well. Yes. Who was Lillian Ellison? Who was the fabulous moolah? Okay, there are two different distinct personalities. You have Lillian Ellison, who is a sweetheart, calls you a hun. You know, and if, and if you can help her, if you've got that dollar, she's going to treat you like a million dollars. But if you're one of her girls that you're making she's making money on, and you're naive like I was, she's going to take you for everything she can. And that side was the fabulous Lua. Um... Did she, she deserve her reputation? She deserves her entire reputation. <laughs> she deserves okay. the people. She deserves the people who loved her, who she treated well. She also deserves the name Thief because she did steal from each and every one of us. And Judy Martin proved that. Went to a lawyer. Showed her book, because we all kept a book about our bookings, what we got paid that day, how many miles we drove. And Judy Martin had her book, and then she got some copies of some checks that were sent from New York to Moolah. And there was a very large difference in what Moolah paid us 
out of those checks and what those checks were actually written for. Hmm. Does that explain it? Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I had a question actually for Kathy here about Sherry. Um, you know, Sherry was with Mula, but wasn't like part of her camp necessarily. Would Would you say that's true? Well, in the beginning, I know she was part of the camp. Okay. Yes, she was. Yeah. <clears throat> and, then, and, then, and, then she, and then she kind of broke out on her own, or yeah. Now how? Well, uh, I. I I don't think Casey knows this, but I knew Sherry very well when she was at Mula Hill. And Mula actually put the screws to Sherry. Yeah. Really? And Yeah. I yeah. know that story. And, yes. And Sherry was smarter than I was. When Mula put the screws to her, she went out and she called the boys. Ah. She got in contact with Buddy Rose. She got in contact... You know, with all her friends, her male mm -hmm. friends in the business, and she turned into the great Sherry Martell. Yeah. And Mula, you know, uh, I used to lay out on the dock with Sherry. And I've seen Sherry cry many a tears because of the way that Mula treated her. Yeah. Now, I got a question for you, Casey. Can you imagine you having to break in this way like what they're describing i mean that that whole i broke in in 1998 and even as long ago as that was <laughs> it was still so different from this time period that we're discussing right now that i'm actually absolutely enthralled with just sitting here listening to by the way um no even then you know it's it's such an interesting perspective and shift because for me today, I'm one of those people who's like, the people breaking into the business today have no clue. Yeah. They don't know what paying their dues are. They don't know what earning it is. They don't know what it means to be stretched and to be tested. But at the same time, people who came in when I did don't get what it was like when Victoria came in and share, you know, because it, even by then it had morphed and changed to that extent. So it's like, there's all these different eras. And I think progressively, you know, people coming into the business today certainly don't have the the challenges and so forth that I had. But at the same time, I didn't have what she's referring to to that extent <laughs> at all either. So it's just this constant morph of, you know, the business and, and all that goes into it, really. Sadly. I, I, you know, now, now, Victoria, I got a quick question for you. Something I, 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 I've kind of wondered about. Um, two questions, actually. First one would be, do you think it was right for Mullah to have named herself as the female women's champion? I know she controlled all of the ladies and she controlled her bookings and all that. Or do you think that maybe she should have let somebody else maybe get a run with that instead of a 28-year run that she had with the, with the belt? I mean, do you think that maybe she should have let somebody else get a run with it at some point? Well, actually, the 28 years is a fallacy. Okay. Because she fucked green. Sutex Green stretched Mua in Texas and took the belt away from her. And Vince Senior had to buy the belt back because Sue wouldn't drop it back to her. Yeah, I heard that before. That's true. That, that is God's honest truth. That's the God's honest truth. And I, I have seen pictures true. of the map. Yes. Yeah. Also, 
Mueller dropped the belt to Velvet McIntyre in Australia for a seven-day period. Yep. I, I remember that one. That was actually aired on the uh, on WWE or WWF TV back in the nineteen eighty six or eighty seven, whenever it was. Now yep. you are credited with being the you and Velvet are credited with being the very first ever female WWF women's tag team champ world tag team champions. What led to you guys getting that championship? I mean, did Senior just come to you guys and go, "Here you go, you're going to be graced with the belts"? I mean, what led to him? Having you guys um, as champs. Uh, well, when I first went to Moolah, Moolah was throwing Velvet Night of the Wolves. We were wrestling these dark towns. Um, one ring I can remember, I uh, went and to I told BJ, I said, don't you body slam me. And sure enough, the next thing she did was body slam me. And when she did, the straps weren't set up right on the uh, mat. And one of the two by eight came up, and I still have the permanent bump on my head where it knocked me out. Jesus. And, <laughs> and then, uh, lo and behold, we, we got booked in New York. And we got booked at, uh, uh, we got booked by Vince Sr. And it seems like from the first day that we got booked from Vince Sr., the tag team belt, Tag team belt exchange basically was in motion. Um, Joyce Joyce Grable, I believe, had wanted to she wanted to quit wrestling for a while and take care of her family. Um, Wendy Richter was going; uh, they were moving her up with Cindy Lauper, so they needed a new set of champions. And that that's basically why that came in effect. Okay, thank you. So I have uh, I have somebody with me here that I've known for probably thirty five years. Did you really have to say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's well known. Let's be honest, Kathy. It's well known. You've been around the business a long time. Yes. One of the things, and we have to put it out there. One of the things regarding Sherry Martell, her protection, if you will was the fact that she was, quote, one of the boys. Yeah. And everyone knew you didn't screw with the boys. The That's women had, there was a whole a whole set of standards for the women that did not apply to the boys. So how, well, did, how did Sherry become one of the boys? Well, I remember. Uh, go ahead. When she was working up with uh, Vern, Ganya. <laughs> She always described that she had a uh, apartment that reminded her of the uh, TV show Melver's Place. <clears throat> and she'd be cooking and she'd leave the windows open and there'd be like Scott Hall would say, hey, you got any extra food? Uh, you know, come on. And Sherry would cook for everybody. And Sherry earned the trust of a lot of the guys. <clears throat> and she earned the trust of so many of the guys. And they knew when I learned that Sherry's words to me always were, you pass the same people going up the ladder as you do coming down. Mm -hmm. You have respect for right. everybody. If you can help anybody, you're there. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's the way she always did. And she, you know, all the guys loved her. I mean, you know, she was she was a tough broad, man. I, I saw her in a fight one night in, with WCW in Florida. 
And I just stood back and went, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, she grabbed the pool cue and she went to back up one of the guys. And the guys were like, we're sure I, I said, she's going out to kick some ass right now. This is so awesome. <laughs> that, that, that was Sherry. That, that was Sherry. And uh, one of the greatest forms of respect <laughs> that us girls could ever get is being called one of the boys. Yeah, and Sherry earned that title because just like just like this lady just said, Sherry was always there. Sherry always had your back. You know, it didn't matter if there was in a fight. It didn't matter if you needed a place to stay. Sherry was there. Yeah, but we we should point out that two of the big two of the biggest protectors that Sherry had. Was a guy named Hulk Hogan and a, and a guy named Ed Leslie, Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. Uh, and also, also Buddy Rose. Yes. Yeah, Playboy Buddy Rose, absolutely, for sure. <laughs> because her and Buddy and Doug Summers were, she was linked with Buddy and Doug up there in AWA, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, that she had a run there with them, and, and she was also the women's tag champ, or women's champ while they were the tag champs. Yeah. Now, Kathy, I got to ask you. You're friends with Sherry. Yeah. Her best friend. By the I, way, I, I, Jeff, I just so you know, just so you know, Jeff, and you can check this out on the network, at Sherry Martell's acceptance speech at the WWE Hall of Fame, Kathy Fitzpatrick, Kathy was mentioned. I remember. And, and the camera... By the way, you got about 30 seconds of camera time. Oh, goody. The, yeah, the camera was <laughs> right on her. She well, could very acknowledge her best friend, Kathy Fitzpatrick, and there went the camera right to Kathy's face. You, you had mentioned Hogan and her being Link. Hogan used to wear her out on yeah. TV. I mean, like, I, and she would bump for him like there was no tomorrow. I mean, it, like a pinball. I mean, she was in there just I watched a match with her. I think it may have been the one she's talking about down there in Florida. She scaled the cage within a matter of like 10 seconds, took her heels off, was up to the top of the cage, coming off with a high cross body block like there was no tomorrow. Not even missing a beat. That's right. That's right. You know how she said, you know, friends with Hogan and Beefcake. Yep. When Beefcake had his accident where he smashed his face up. Yeah. Yes. I remember talking to Beefcake afterwards and when he recovered and everything, and he said to me, all he remembers is waking up in the hospital and Sherry standing there with a three-foot teddy bear. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And yep. she That's went there. Cool. And she was there and That's a true story. Know, she took care of him. I, true she, story. <laughs> She always had a way with her makeup on TV too that made you remember who she was and her and she coordinated with her outfits and I don't know if that was her or her and the girls in the back or what but that was her that was all her yeah because that she was all her you you remember the the spider web deal that she yeah. did on the house I know Casey made but oh my oh, gosh are you kidding I'm sitting here oh, having a dude. fashion show in my mind <laughs> oh, that was iconic. <laughs> <laughs> that look was was iconic, Sherry Martell, for certain. Oh man, I, I just she, not to mention I, I, she was part of. I, I don't mean to cut you off, Jeff. I'm no, sorry. No. Um, 
But, you know, everything that Jeff just brought up that match and how she, you know, would bump around for Hogan and everything. But part of that's part of being one of the boys. And the other part that she displayed so under the radar at the time was that once she was in the managerial role with the guys, she was so all about getting them over, not herself. She was so good at highlighting them and making it about them and just complimenting them. So, I mean, here's a woman with such a storied history and career of her own. And yet here she was playing what some would call second fiddle, when in reality, she was just as as important, but you didn't stop and think about it at the time because that's how good she was at it. I mean, if it weren't for her, Macho Man wouldn't have been made as the Macho King because she really helped develop that character with her being the the queen, sensational queen, and him being the Macho King. Coming off the big baby face with Elizabeth. I mean, what is the other, you go from Elizabeth, what is is the, you know, antagonist side of that, the heel side? You go to share yeah. it's a no-brainer. Vicky, I've got a question for you. Angelo here. Yes, sir. Okay. Here's a question for you. How will history remember Sherry? Well, the fans will remember Sherry Martell in the ring. One of the greatest heels that has ever been in the business. Um, a look that was all her own. You know, she wasn't a cookie cutter, that's for sure. No. The boys, Probably, yeah. the boys, myself, the people who knew her personally will remember Sherry as, and excuse me, but Sherry was a good friend of mine, um, as a person who had the biggest heart of almost anybody I know. Kathy Fitzpatrick is shaking her head affirmatively. <laughs> Kathy, you got to tell me. Uh, we we I think Princess Victoria has uh, has put her finger on it. How will you remember Sherry, and how do you remember Sherry? Mm-hmm. I have this feeling. If I know anything about you, I have a feeling she made you laugh a lot because she had a wicked sense of humor. I got to know her a little bit, not on the level that you did because you were her BFF. But she had a wicked, and I mean, Jeff, she had a wicked sense of humor. Well, she, um, I think about her every day. Yeah. Right there with you, gal. Right there with you. Oh, sorry. No, this this is real. We keep it real here. I know, this is... When, she, when I found out she was being accepted into the whole thing, um, usually at work at five o'clock in the morning, every day she would call me and tell me her speech. Every day. when uh, she said, "I have to put you in my speech," I went, "No, no, no! This is your time to shine." And she said, "No." You've been around me for over 30 years. There you go. There you go. Yep. I know it meant a lot for her for Kathy to be in the audience that day. That I know for sure. Yeah, this is, we keep it real here. Uh, That was, uh, that, 
That was real emotion right there, Jack. <laughs> That's a display of, of class and of professionalism and of humanity that people don't always become aware of and get to know. You don't stop and think about all the things you're not privy to, but it's in existence. And that's such an example of that. I think people forget that wrestlers are people. Yeah. Right. They don't look at the human side of them. I've got well, a in a way, we want them to, but, you know, sometimes you have to, in a way, we want them to forget that we're human because we want to be the bigger than life. But at the same time, sometimes you have to stop and acknowledge and think, you know what? They're a living, breathing human and, you know, with emotions and thing and history and God knows what they're going through or dealing with or have been through or who's there or not there, you know, away from the cameras and away from the ring. And I think that's yeah. such a huge example of that. Vicki, what's missing from women's wrestling today? Wrestling? Yeah. What there you go. <laughs> I, I, I swear that some of these girls, I'm not going to name any names, but they don't know the difference between a handball lock and an armbar. They couldn't do. They couldn't do a ten-minute technical match to save their souls from frying in hell. And that's not their fault. That's their trainer's fault. That's the person who allowed them to break into the business. Um, another thing that's missing is pride in, in your craft. You know, in my day, I can remember Velvet and I when we were on the road. You couldn't get to the gym. You couldn't get to the arena. You couldn't get to a ring. We were mastering our craft in the frickin' motel room. We were going over, you know, head, headlock, reverse to hammerlock, reverse to uh, flying mare. And these girls today, well, I'm not, no, I'm going to take that word girls away, and I'm going to say these wrestlers, these people that are supposed to be wrestlers, both male and female. They couldn't wrestle their way out of a wet paper bag, <laughs> and and it shows because the only thing you see, well, almost the only thing you see in the matches anymore is I got to get my my this in, and I got to get my that in, and I got to do this, and I've got to do that. And you got guys and gals in the dressing room discussing a ten minute match for two hours. And they're going over That's every my, oh my God. You know, move. They're going over every single move from the minute they lock up. I have to, to tell you that. That's been my biggest pet peeve is the expression I've gotta get my shit in. I hate that. I What's hate that. Watch my in the back I, with clothes. Oh that drives me nuts. I, I, I can remember in some of the matches, well, in a lot of the matches, the only thing I did was run on the mat and get the slot kicked out of me. But that's, that, was, that was because that was what was getting the butts up out of the seat. Yeah. 
they they they've lost the art of some of them have lost the art of storytelling. Casey, I don't know if you know this or not, but you actually met Victoria one time there in VCW when we brought you in and you faced um, Baby Doll's daughter. You actually Samantha got to meet Star. Victoria that night. So yeah, um, I, I actually yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, oh God, what is Baby Doll's daughter's name? Samantha. Star. I remember that. Her her name's Michaela. Samantha Star. Yeah. 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 Her her shoot name is Michaela. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that night. Yeah. That was probably one of the first matches that I went to and I met another wrestler who has become a real wrestler and that's Brandon Scott. Do you remember him? Oh, Casey? Gosh, sure. yeah. I've known Brandon yeah. since he was twelve. Yeah, years Jeff, old. Jeff knows Brandon very well. Have <laughs> <laughs> you watched he is doing I am so proud of him. He walked up to me that night. And I'm I'm really dating myself right now, but he looks like Davy from the Monkees. Yes, he does. And oh I'm looking. He looks like Davy Jones from the Monkees. I watched him grow up, and she's absolutely. I've never, I'm not kidding. Since he was 12, that's how long I've known him. Right, and and, and he, he walked up to me, and I looked at him. I said, "If you talk in an English accent, I said I'm done." <laughs> and I, I watched him that night in the ring and I saw technical wrestling I saw psychology I saw selling I saw everything that you don't see today and I told him that night I said Brandon I said mark my words if you stay on this road that you're on right now you're going to the top. The the only thing that I could see that would possibly be stopping Brandon right now would remotely be his size, and that isn't even really that big of a drawback these days. So it's no, it's not. Size, I'm talking his height. His height. What? Because, oh yeah, he's like what? Four foot nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I, I I do believe that you may have been a little bit taller than him, Victoria, but still uh. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> by, by the way, just to let you know, he is a two-time VCW heavyweight champion, and we turned him heel, and he is a brilliant freaking heel. So he's really coming to Oh, you gotta, send, you gotta I, send me a link, because I've only I, seen him as a baby. I will most Victoria. Now, I, actually, I had a comment to tell oh. Kathy really quick about Sherry. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. That Shawn, Shawn Michaels put her over for when he became a singles wrestler. Mm -hmm. He said a lot of the boys didn't accept him as a singles wrestler. They were looking at him as a pretty boy stripper, whatever you want to call him. And that they, a lot of times, didn't want to sell for him. And he would lean over to Sherry and he'd say, Sherry, they're not selling. And she would say, throw them out here to me, Sean. Yeah. And Sean would toss them out. And he said she would start shoot kicking them in the ribs and then really and she and she and she would start raking her back, and she would say, "Now either you can come back out here and deal with me, or else you can get in there and sell for the kid." That was all right. took. <laughs> One story I'll never forget was when she that, was in that WCW. Was that was old school, and the old rule was if they won't sell, make them sell. Go ahead, Kathy. When um she was in WCW with uh, Booker and Stevie. <clears throat> yeah. She had to do a match, and they went over it, and um, who was it? Buff Bagwell. 
was supposed to throw her in the corner and start hitting her, putting the boots to her. Right. Well, no one's really sure what happened, but he did something to really piss her off. I know what he did. I know what he did. She proceeded to throw him into the corner and started kicking the crap out of him. To the point where he was going, no, Sherry, no, no. And Booker and Stevie had to pull her off. I love it. One thing I don't know if everybody knows. When Sherry started working with any of the guys, Sean, Ted, Randy, um, Booker was single at the time. And, you know, and any of them. She always called their wife first. Ah. And okay. said, I want you to know it's going to look this, 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 this. But there is nothing there. <clears throat> and that was, that was the way she, uh-huh. exactly. And she's like, it's, it's work. Um, one quick story. I remember it was Sean out in uh, Hershey. She got done her match with Sean and we we're in the locker room and the old Hershey arena was, you know, you had little locks on the door. <clears throat> so I'm standing in front of the door and Sean's banging on the door and he's scratching the door. She's like, he's like, Sherry, I need you. I need you. And she's like, will you wait a minute? She gets stressed. She goes, what do you want? He goes, can I borrow your hairdryer? <laughs> <laughs> when That's one night funny. when she worked with um, Randy, <laughs> when she worked with Randy in Philly, it was Randy and her against uh, Warrior. Oh, I know this story. Go ahead. He pressed, he gorilla pressed her and then dropped. Right. On the mat. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing in the back and they're carrying her back. And I'm thinking to my, now I've been around the business for years, but she sold so great. I'm standing there going, what damn hospital's closed? <laughs> wow. She gets in the, she gets in the, in the locker room and Tony Gurria comes out and he says, you're Sherry's friend, right? I said, yeah. She goes, she wants you. I walked in. I went, hey, what's up? She goes, hey, can we get Randy and Kurt right back to the hotel? <laughs> and I'm like, are you I know that story. I'm like, are you all right? She goes, yeah, I'm fine. It's an easy bump to take. I went, yeah, okay. You know, yeah, let's go back to the hotel. <laughs> Just that at the office. Yeah, Vicky, hold on, hold yeah. on, Jeff. I want to, I want to do something. I want to do something now while I have you here. We've got Baby Doll and Samantha Star coming on next week on the show. I would love for you to do a run-in. Are you up for it? Sure. Great. Sure, not Perfect. a problem. Excellent. That's, by the way, that's Jeff the ref's favorite. He still has his baby doll poster. <laughs> he didn't deny no, it. No, 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 no. I got, I got one of Casey Carlisle now hanging up. So, uh. <laughs> oh, wait, a poster. What, what third laid bootlegger did you buy that off of? Because I have yet to sell a poster. Oh, well, I have some outstanding know. royalty somewhere here. I- <laughs> right? Watch <laughs> printer kid. I got it. <laughs> walked into Walmart and used the self-service kiosk to order himself. <laughs> right? 
Truth be told, I think my girlfriend's son would like it if I could get a poster of Casey Carlisle somehow. But uh... oh, he's adorable. <laughs> we can make that happen. Posters are actually going to be on the way, but that's another story. Ah, there we go. Hey, there we go. A little, little news drop there for us. <laughs> We're talking about women's wrestling, so let's talk about a, a word that's used a lot these days. Wrestling has evolved. All right? I don't know really what that means, but I guess it's not what it was. Let's put it that way. Darn right it's not. Where, where do each no, of think, you I see... Think... Well, I was, I was going to I... say, where do each of you see wrestling... For women's wrestling evolving, where is it? Where's the next stage? The next chapter? The where? Where do we go next? Well, I'll stick my two cents words in there. There you um, go. Uh, this word "evolved" is missing a consonant. It's missing the word "d" because it hasn't evolved. Is "devolved." Um. But I on my web page, on my Facebook page, on my fan page, and when I go to the matches, I listen to the fans, which is something a lot of promoters and a lot of wrestlers aren't doing these days. And what I hear is they don't like this evolved wrestling. They want old school wrestling back. I and hear this that. Yeah, they want to be part of the story again. They want to believe. Mm -hmm. They want to when you throw somebody into the turnbuckle, like I saw in January of last year. Uh, a friend of mine, Cameron Starr, threw his opponent into the turnbuckle, and the guy hit the turnbuckle. His feet were up off the ground, and he hit the turnbuckle so hard that it moved the ring six inches. And the entire crowd, including myself, went, Ugh. And I believe that with the independent wrestling that's coming out today, I believe that wrestling is doing its 20-year turnaround. And if you watch the history of wrestling, it does this. I believe we're going back to old-school wrestling. Okay, there's a question here for you, because because you you segued me right where I wanted to go. Will we ever see a return to kayfabe? Yes, it's already started. With a lot of the independent groups, they've gone back to. You don't talk. Tell your opponent the next day on Facebook, "Hey, great match, buddy. Can't wait to see you tonight." That's not allowed. You're not allowed to walk out of the arena and get in. You know, baby faces don't ride with heels. And, you know, it's all going back to what, where I came up. And I do believe K-Fave is coming back. I don't believe it's dead. I believe it's barely breathing. But I don't believe it's dead. Go ahead, Casey. Your take on all this. I, I have a slightly different take, although I'm in, I'm completely in favor. I think anybody who knows me, you guys know, you know, I, I'm dying for those days. Um, from where I sit and from my perspective, it's slightly different than what Victoria just said. Um, I don't necessarily, 
to me, kayfabe and old school are at this point in time, two different things. Because kayfabe, you know, got thrown by the wayside years ago, but the old school style and the old school method of conducting yourself and thought process still lives on. It's just that kayfabe itself, you know, if you want to use that old cliche, the curtain's been pulled back, it's hard to close it again type of thing. Um, but my my perspective is a little different in the fact that I don't I don't see promotions controlling the workers to that extent. I don't see promoters and promotions <laughs> saying you can't walk out of the building together. You can't go on Facebook, on Twitter, on whatever, and, you know, bro down with your opponent. I think that that is coming from the workers or even a step further. I think that's the responsibility of the workers, too. Like, mm. you know, the promoters should be promoting that, should be asking the guys like, hey, can you not undo all of the hard work we just did out here? We've laid okay, the groundwork. I got a question for you right, right along that same line. The promoters, how much responsibility do your promoters have in protecting what you guys are doing? And why aren't they doing a better job of protecting that? Well, that's where my opinion differs with something Vic, uh, Victoria said on something else is, you know, to me, sometimes um, it it has this feel of um, promoters listening to the fans too much in some aspects, you know, a lot, okay. um, not from an in-ring booking, the in-ring action perspective, mm -hmm. but how many times do you log online and instead of promoters doing their homework, scouting people, who's a professional, who has good work ethic, who's going to promote the event, who's going to be on time. It's about, hey, who are you guys marking for on Twitter right now? Right. And then that's my right. book because they think that's who's going. There could be a fan 300 miles away who's all about worker A, and then pr the promoter books them because all these fans here like them. Meanwhile, the people in the area being promoted don't know this person at all. Mm -hmm. Kathy, and how do you feel? Uh, chime in over here. Well, all right. I'm not. I've been in the business. I've done. I've trained and said, forget it. Because <laughs> I give all the women so much credit because I'm like, uh-uh, no way. Ain't, ain't doing this. <clears throat> I just, I mean. I agree with Casey and I agree with Victoria. On Casey's point, I agree totally that old school should come back. I mean, I remember, I mean, I used to love watching uh, Buddy Rogers, you know, oh. Dustin, Dusty, you know, I loved watching those guys. But it's totally different, totally different. I mean, I, I used to be able to watch the shows and just sit there like, oh, my God, this is great. Now, if, if I'm lucky, I last a half an hour. Now, listen here, uh, baby. Have you tuned in and watched my book? I knew, I knew, I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to do that. Hey, I'll be turning up over here on AEW. They're going to be live in Atlanta, Georgia tonight, Daddy. Down there in AEW, my book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I, I if, very, if you I say Dusty's name, Jeff goes into Dusty mode. It's, <laughs> it's just so automatic trigger. 
Um, I am dying for the old school to come back because that's me and that's what I do. You know, you don't see me jumping off the top rope. You don't see me twisting and twirling and being an acrobat or a gymnast. You see me being a wrestler, you know, just. Well, you're a heavy mat wrestler, Casey. How, how. Think so? I do. <laughs> I think you're a very heavy, you're a heavy mat wrestler. Here's the thing, though. With what you do and what you bring to the game, is it hard for your opponents to keep up with you? And do you have to walk them through? Do you do you have to, in other words, coach them as you're working them? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff just answered you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's, it, the way that you worded that is interesting. And here's why. Because a lot of times it's not the question of can they keep up with me it's are they willing to not do the same 40 things they're used to doing because there is a, it, it's not about keeping up when it comes mm -hmm. to working with me it's about i yes i understand that you like to do this 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 and this but why do you want to do it there why yeah. do you want it to happen at this point in the match? And here's why I feel as though, yes, that's a good idea, but can we put it here because it makes more sense? That's the challenge with working with me because I'm so over the top. You know, I tell everybody it's not about doing the moves because when my nieces were like six years old, they were in the ring replicating what they saw me doing. They knew how to do the moves. It's not about doing the moves. For me, it's about why do you want to do that at this point in the match? Why that and why now? Really good point. For me, it's the psychology. And and that's where some ah, people there you get go. up a little bit because they're not used to, you know, I'll say to them, well, if I'm going to hit you with whatever, you know, you're already on the mat, so why don't we do this? And then you, instead of, well, we can just do it there because it feels like I should have a hope spot. Now, you know, Casey Carlisle brought up my favorite word in wrestling, psychology. Victoria, right. who taught you ring psychology? Where did you learn? Who broke you in? Well, Sandy Barr broke me in. And, but I was blessed because I came in in the heydays of the Pacific Northwest. And Sandy brought in several wrestlers that would come and work with us for a couple of days. I mean, I'm talking Ed Wyskowski, Professor Dale Lewis, Red Bastine, um, oh, oh uh, Dutch Dut Savage. Oh, yeah. Um, Stan Stasia, God bless his soul. Mm. And, and, and then I'd be, when I, was, when I was training, I would stand by the dressing room doors and watch the match up by the crow's nest, and I would listen to what the boys were saying about the match. And I would watch the crowd. And you may walk out, you know, there's many times that I've walked out to a match and it was, we were going to do this, this, and this. And then all of a sudden the mood of the crowd changed. Mm -hmm. mm. And today they don't listen to the fans. They don't watch the fans. You know, if the fans are getting into, if the fans are getting into me getting my tail kicked, if that's what's holding their eyes towards the ring, if that's what's bringing them in the 
story. That's what you've got to do. Right. You know? And, I mean, I can remember, you know, I'd be laying on the mat with Wendy just kicking the snot out of me. And all I had to do when she had me in the blasted surfboard was raise my head and catch the eye of one fan. Mm-hmm. And give them that look like I was in so much pain that I wanted to die right then. And that one fan would stand up and start hollering. <clears throat> and and that's, that is, to me, that's what's missing, psychology. And bringing the fans into the story. I think psychology is being taught more and more these days, or they're trying to reincorporate it with a lot of the, you know, uh, with a lot of the trainers. You got Dr. Tom Pritchard and Kane, who've got a really good, reputable school down there in, in Tennessee. And Dr. Tom is, I mean, you know, he's going to, Tom Pritchard's going to be teaching that old school method of psychology more than it is, okay, you guys map out your 20 minute match, as you said, for two hours before, you know. I, I've had guys in the back go, hey, Jeff, can you watch my match and tell me what you think? I'm like, dude, I've already watched it in the back. Why do I need to watch it out there? I mean, like, you already put it on in the back for me. You know, like, it's yeah. so... And that's but, one of the big problems with that because what happens is the same energy that's used in the back to put it together is what's presented in the ring. They exactly. don't They don't plan exactly. the pauses to acknowledge the crowd or they don't... You know, they don't think about that. It's we're going to go from A to B to C to D to E to F to D, and there's no stop emote. And that's that's another thing that people, when I work them for the first time, I tell them, I'm like, look, just so you know, don't expect to be going 60 miles an hour because it's not going to happen. You know, you can be, you can fire, 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 but when it's in my heat, you can expect that my attention will be on you. But I spend, and if you got, you guys have seen me work, I'm mouthing off mm-hmm. to the fans and bringing them into it yep. and engaging mm-hmm. them for such a good part of the match as well. Because, you know, you need a strong heel to have a strong baby and you need a strong baby to have a strong heel. But you still need the crowd to have a strong match and engaged, yeah. cared about yep. match. Yeah. And that's what I- people forget. I mean, you can have two guys in there doing flip flop and fly going 80 miles an hour, and if the crowd is dead, they're dead. I mean, that. You know, especially it, because they've seen it in match one, two, three, and four already. And I've got a question for all of you. I've got a question because Jeff is going to tie right into where you're going. <laughs> it's going to tie right into where you're going. We're all in the business, we're all deeply involved, right? Can. Yeah. Can all of you watch a match and enjoy it as a fan? I most definitely can. Um, I've been watching, like I said, my friend uh, Cameron Starr. I've been he's been promoting in Portland, and I've been made a mark at every match that I went to. Uh, one of the first matches I saw, Cameron's the promoter, and unlike a lot of these promoters who are wrestlers too. Instead of him being put over in the main event, he wrestled the first match. And he did a 20-minute, he did a 20-minute technical match to the draw. And that 20 minutes lasted five minutes because I was right there in the ring. 
And when these guys got done and the bell rang, the crowd in unison stopped, stood up and started hollering five more minutes. And that's awesome. If you can make me a mark and make me enjoy a match, my hat's off to you because I love being a fan. Casey, you're shaking your head no. I did shake my head no. Um, the only time I'm really able to have that experience is if I go back and watch old school wrestling. It doesn't, and I think part of that is just for me personally, and this isn't, this is truly like straight up just me. I'm so busy watching as a worker and, and maybe it has something to do with the fact that the match isn't pulling me in to the point where I'm able to suspend my disbelief. What does I'm, that tell you? What do, you stop right there. What does that tell you? Because you know where I'm going thing. with this, kid. Yes, I do. You know where I'm it's going very, with this. It's a very personal thing because for me, you know, I this this is so just my life. You know, it's I can't help. Is it because you're so there. steeped in it? So so steeped in it. I I yeah. can't. I cannot separate myself any longer with. Yeah. The here and now and I think the reason when I say it's the old stuff is because when I say that I'm talking about 19 you know 98 what I watched as a kid before I was a worker uh -huh. and I can allow my brain to kind of go back to what I was feeling at that time but yeah. since I've started in the business I'm I'm so busy studying critiquing wondering you know rewinding to look at this again that I just for me personally, again, some people I know can. I yeah. can't. I just can't do it. Kathy, can you still watch your match as a fan and enjoy it? Sometimes. <clears throat> what is it that draws you into a match? What 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 are as as a fan, if you put your, your fan hat on, <laughs> what is it that you want to see that you look for that that grabs you about any given match that, that puts your your that puts that mark back in you. Well, when it, when I go to like an indie show, you know, dog or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, when I see the guys work and I see how they draw the fans in, that gets me. That gets like I'm like, this is good. Mm -hmm. But when I'm watching these two young kids going, in, I'm thinking, what the hell are you doing? <clears throat> Where the pace never changes and they exactly. never like right. Yeah. <laughs> That's when it's time to either yeah, go to the bathroom or get food. Yeah, exactly. I, I, go ahead, Jeff. And then, I, I was and then 15 finishers in every match. I was going to give Casey credit for something really quick, and it, it's something she's kind of hit on a few different times, and that really even – I know she doesn't want to pat herself on the back, so I'll go ahead and, and give her her kudos. But I have seen and I have known of her to be in the ring numerous times with girls who may have only had five, ten matches into the business – and the promoters depend on Casey to guide that young green girl through a match and make her at least somewhat look like she's got two two feet in there and not two left feet and make them look somewhat credible. And Casey has a way of putting them over and making them get their shine in and still get her own stuff in. And she can make a greenhorn who's only had five matches in 
look like they belong in the business. And that is to her credit. Thank you. Um, I mean, Jeff, I you want I something up, Jeff? Well, I was going to say, case in point, I know she was recently brought in against Miranda Gordy. And mm-hmm. I know Miranda only had maybe, what, a handful of matches under her belt by that point. So, Yeah, it was, it was actually lower than I thought it was when I uh, got there. I don't remember the exact number that she told me at that time. That was about three weeks, uh, about a month ago now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I didn't realize. <laughs> I want to say she was maybe 10 or 15 Here's a question for you, Casey, and, uh, and and for you, Vicky. What's the difference? Because Jeff brought it up, putting someone over. What's the difference between getting over and being over, in your opinion? Getting over. In my in my in my personal in my personal opinion, anybody. Literally anybody can get over. It takes the professional to stay over. Okay. And how does um, one do that, Vicky? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's called selling. It's called psychology. Um, it's called if you're a heel, being a real heel. Uh, it's not doing the bumpity 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 bump. You know, it's bringing, it, it, it's creating such a story that the fans, you know, they either hate you so much they love you or they love you so much they that you. they hate the heel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, and Sandy, Sandy even hit, that, that was one story that I've told is mm-hmm. Buddy Rose, God bless his heart, Buddy put me over in a battle royal, and it was at the Salem Theater. He threw me into a brick wall and busted my head open in my hometown. Oh, and the crowd, the crowd mm. did not pop. They roared. Buddy allowed me to be. Buddy allowed me to be the second to last person in the ring with him. And the guys that were at that match that night were Tommy Rogers. Uh, Rick Oliver, Stan Stasiak, they all allowed me to be the last person in with Buddy. And Buddy throws me into the brick wall. I slide down the brick wall. My head's all bloody. And I get down to the dressing room, and I'm all excited, you know. I And, you know, I thought, oh, man, did you hear him? Sammy says, yeah, you got over now the work begins. You gotta stay over. Vicky, what happened to all of our baby faces? Where have all the baby faces gone? They all turned into tweeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Casey? <laughs> Would you agree or disagree with that? I well, um. I was going to say, where did all the heels go? This is true. My my contention, Casey, is that wrestling now is very heel heavy. No, we're, I, I we're not a, a heel in what way? Because and here's why. Here's what I mean. When I say, where did all the heels go? Mm-hmm. I had a guy on Instagram, a fan on Instagram, who was mouthing off. You know, just being a fan. He's entitled yeah. to it and was fine. 
he got a very heel response from me. Dude got all pissed off and, you know, started cussing me out and everything. Here I am trying, I'm trying to support you and you're going to talk to me that way because they're used to workers speaking to them as though they're equals or like they're buddies. They're used to having normal people conversations instead of, you know, the, the fans have become conditioned to, oh, and I'm using myself in as, just in as an example. This is not a real example. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that Casey will hang out with me and talk to me. for We're going to have a beer together at the bar. So I'm going to do this during the show, but she's not really a heel. And so they don't really respond to you as a true heel. Yeah. And since we're talking about Amen. women's wrestling, is there a difference in the response for the women as opposed to the men? Are are the dynamics different because you're a woman who happens to be a heel? I think the dynamic, unfortunately, is always a little, bit, always different a little bit different. Because... because how do you even the playing field, or can you? I, I don't know, I don't and know. and this is the this is the statement that's going to get me heat and have people think that you know I'm a complete asshole. Women, it's okay, you're a heel, you can get away with it. Well, you know, <laughs> I really am. That's the thing. I really am heel. Um, we're in the middle of the the women's revolution the women's whatever you want to call all this crap that's happening that being said women still want to be treated differently because they want people to buy things off their amazon wish list they want they want to sell the merchandise they 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 want the quote unquote you know and the guys want the sales too but it's different and people can say it's not but it is women push things like that in a different manner you know like it's just a different approach. So you, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth of I'm a heel, but then I'm turning around. Hey, if you buy this off of, if you buy this for my birthday, I'm going to give you a free photo or something. It's just different. So the dynamic becomes different when people start behaving differently and live it out. Be a heel and don't care about this particular fan or how they're receiving you. Be a freaking heel of you know, in the business. I don't know if I'm saying it well, but... No, no, no. Actually, you're saying it quite well. It's actually something me and Mike talked about today on on, on our, our sidebar that me and uh, uh, my co-host, Mike Keller, we got something called the Rest Roundtable that we do. And we were talking about this actually very subject today briefly. And I had mentioned about Sammy Cal- or, uh, Sammy um, uh, over uh, um, in WWE. And and he comes out there and he's supposed to be a heel. He's with uh, Sasara and Nakamura. And there is a fan giving him the business. And yes, he was using not nice terms for for he was using gay slanders on him. Okay. And Sammy Zane was the, the fan was using it against Sammy Zane. Okay. He was calling him he was calling him, he was calling him the, the F word. If, you know, I ain't gonna go there on, on our show. I'm not I'm tr- I'm trying to be as PC as I can here. But um Thanks. Anyway, so why? <laughs> not hey, I, I'm willing to step on toes. I just you know anyway, the the fan was really laying into Sammy. He was calling you know calling him, giving him the business, and Sammy turns around and decides to take himself out of heel character and correct the fan and go, 
you don't need to use that kind of language, young man. Do you realize what you're saying isn't right? Come on, dude. You're a heel. I can't imagine, honestly. Are you kidding me? Me giving Sherry Martell the business in 1988 and her going, hey, kid, shut up and sit down. How dare you call me that dirty word? Well, and what you just said actually reminded me of another point in my head that I say to people when it comes to heels, you know, and not just female or male, but when it comes to heels or whatever, um, to me, another big part, and, and let me preface this by saying I'm very interactive with people yes. online, with the fans, on Facebook, especially on Instagram. <laughs> I'm very interactive. However, one of the things that bothers me is the sense of entitlement that the fans have. Thank you. In the sense that yes. just because they are able to contact us, they think they're entitled to acknowledgement or to a response. They think they're entitled for me to sit there and have some, you know, like shooting the, shooting the, you yes. know, thank you, uh, conversation. How was your day? What are you up to? I don't have to engage in that. And frankly, I don't always want to. You know what? And that's a good point to be. All of that's a sudden, that's when the fans get that sense of a time. Well, I'm going to tell this promoter not to book you because you're being an asshole. Don't tell me that there's no true heels and then get pissed off that I'm not going to sit here and discuss the weather. That's a good point that, that, that we should bring Kathy in here. You've been around a lot of the boys and, and, and some of the women, and you've seen the interaction with fans up close. Casey talks about the sense of entitlement. How deeply rooted does it get when you're when you're face to face? Talk to me about some of your experience. Well, to be honest, you, I mean, I'll stand there and what, when I would see it with Sherry, <clears throat> there was one instance, my mom was sick. I was supposed to go out to uh, Vegas with her for a pay-per-view. My mom was sick. I couldn't go. She totally understood. There was a girl and one from Baltimore that flew out to hang out with her. When they found out I wasn't coming, her main words were, well, you know she'll probably go to an indie show, right? <laughs> and Sherry turned around and said, see ya. Wow. She stepped right, she, you know, people's, people would always try to, I want to say, break our friendship up. Okay? But, I'll, like if I get Kathy, was, was there a level of jealousy there from? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. And I'm asking you because I know, <laughs> I know the situation. So tell me a little bit about that. If I would go to some place with Sherry, you know, somebody would come in and say, "Oh, sure, come over, hang out with us." I'd be like, "Okay." And Sherry, would be like, well, you no, know, come on, Kath, come on. You know, Sherry would always include me in everything. A lot of the people that wanted to be Sherry's friends wanted to use her for money, for free tickets, for whatever. <clears throat> and exactly. I mean, people made uh, comments when I was out at the Hall of Fame with her. Oh, Sherry paid for your ticket? No, I paid for my own. You know, you know yeah. Why does it matter? <clears throat> exactly. 
Sherry would exactly. It's none of their business. Exactly. Exactly right, Vicky. I mean, there was time Sherry flew me when I was working ECW in the early days, and Sherry came in a couple times. I worked the ticket, Jeff. That's all I did. I don't care. You pop me off. <laughs> come on, come down to Alabama. She was working with Cornette down there and Tracy Smothers. Okay, so we went down. And people would, you know, assume that I was just a hanger on with Sherry. <clears throat> it was wow. never that way. No, they knew each other for 30 years for crying yeah, out loud. They, they, they didn't know your relationship with her. I got a quick question for you, Kathy. What was it like if you guys, let's just say, it was, uh, I don't know if you were ever interacting with Sherry during a WrestleMania weekend, but a pay-per-view weekend where you had maybe mass conglomerate of fans at the same hotel you guys were at. What was that like to have, for her to deal with them when you two were just wanting to go out and party, or not party, but have a couple drinks? We're just best friends. I mean, how did, how did she handle the fan interaction in addition to dealing with you as her friend without telling them to go F themselves at the same time? She probably <laughs> did tell them to go F themselves. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, she would always be there and she would say, you know, she would always, always, always gracious with the fans. Always yeah. gracious. But then there was a time where they would push it a little too far. Um, there was a Oh, I know you're going to kill me for this. You're looking down going, I'm killing you for this story. <laughs> there was a young man in New York <clears throat> that wanted to be with Sherry. Okay. Um, she dated him in a couple times. You know, no big deal. The ECW was doing a show in New York, and he we were getting on the elevator to go up. He goes, oh, can you give this to Sherry? Well, it was a dozen red roses <clears throat> and a card. So, of course, the elevator door closed, and my friend goes, let's open the card. And, you know, and I, just as we go to open the card, the door opens again, and he's standing there. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> But we get upstairs and, oh, I, and I give her the flowers and everything. And, I, and she's like, who the hell is this from? And I told her and she went, oh, God. Well, I was working with the show. I was I walked outside. He turned around and told um, security. She doesn't work. She's not with the show. She's not supposed to be back here. <clears throat> so I go to walk mm -hmm. through and the security goes, um, excuse me, you can't go back there. Well, he didn't realize that Ron and Don Harris were there. Oh, shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he went, and I said, they let me back. Ron said, the hell they ain't. And we walked back, and he's like, standing there looking, and he, I walked over and went, you know what? You can have your relationship with Sherry, whatever, if there is, if there isn't. We're friends. He ain't ever breaking us up. Right, right. <laughs> now, I wanted to actually touch on something that Casey was touching on earlier that she hit on briefly, and it is what a lot of the women in the business today are doing, the independence. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Casey's credit, she has not gone here yet, but they will get a yes. Patreon page <laughs> or they, 
they do the Snapchat, you know, the adult Snapchat version, you know. Why are and, you saying yet about that type of thing? <laughs> no, 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 I don't think that you will. I mean, when I say, I, I shouldn't have said yet. I apologize. To you. What are you doing to this woman, Jeff? <laughs> What I was trying to say was if God. Casey did want to open up a fan Patreon page, she may want to, not necessarily like a lot of these girls are doing. And what do you make about that, Casey? I mean, I know you hear about it. I know you have to. I, well, of course I do. But to that, to that point, um, you know, if that's something that the women are interested in doing, I, I'm not going to judge them. You know, look, they might make more money than I do. To each their own. They can market themselves the way that they see fit. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say there's a right way or a wrong way. I'm just going to say there's the way that I believe in or the way that I conduct myself. And then there's the way other people do. And they might look at me and say, are you stupid? You would be you know, maybe you would be more over if you would do A, B, C, or D. And a lot of people do ask me, when are you going to start an OnlyFans? I'm like, huh, I'm not. Um, you know, or when are you going to get on Snapchat? And the answer is, you know, to me, and it goes back to that entitlement thing that I was talking about earlier, I draw a line. You guys don't need to be in my everyday life all day long because yep. then – you think I'm just one of your buddies that you can just, oh, what's Casey up to? Here's what, here's her entire day. And that's not something I'm going to let you into on a regular basis. Now, don't you also think in a roundabout way, or it could in the long run hurt them if they want to get a shot with one of the big boys, AEW, WWE, any of them? I don't that, know. I don't work for you know what, Jeff? It, it doesn't seem to matter anymore. It really doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't I know. Mean, I, you know, and and that's why I say there are some people who have said to me, "You would have made it by now if you would have done A, B, C, or D." And I'm like, "Well, define making it." You know what I mean? Like, I don't. You're a former NWA Women's Champion. You made it in my eyes. Well, thank you. Um, you know, to me, it's I. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that because. I, I'm not there. I don't know what the officials or the people are looking for. I don't know what they focus on. I want to bring Victoria in on this one. Um, I'm kind of like on the same side Casey is. I can't judge these women for what they're doing. But I can say that if I was a promoter and I was going to book a woman and I happened to get on her Facebook page, and I saw her doing these Snapchats and lingerie and things like that, that I would not book her. Um, and I know several bookers, independent bookers, that would not book her. Because it's a, I guess it's a matter of pride. Um... I'm not, I'm not a lingerie model. I don't want a female, somebody who's supposed to be a female wrestler doing things like that. And to me, it shows that they do not have pride in their craft. That they have no, they have, they have no uh, uh, confidence that their craft can get them over and that they have to do these extra things. Now, may I elaborate on that? Just ahead, for my, Casey. For yeah, me? Casey, yeah. Here is where 
here's where mine is a my mind is just slightly different, and here's why. Let me explain. Um, I I first and foremost and forever will be a professional wrestler. I don't claim to be a model. I don't claim to be a spokeswoman or anything. I am a pro wrestler, and that's what I do. Amen. That being said, thank you. That being said. I just had a photo shoot a few weeks ago, and I posted the first photo from that shoot tonight. It has nothing to do with wrestling. I'm not in my gear. I'm not in a wrestling ring. I will be posting other photos from it. Um, I have posted a photo, I don't know, it was a couple of months ago. I, I posted a photo, um, it's a mirror selfie, where I'm wearing, I think, like a little pair of boy shorts. Jeff knows which one I'm talking about. A little yeah. pair of boy shorts, you know, and a tank top. Of course That's, Jeff knows. Of course he does. That's the poster he has. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that doesn't per se have anything to do with wrestling. So I'm not I'm not saying that you can't um, market yourself in other ways or you can't show different sides of yourself. But for right. me, my my focus um, for every photo shoot, not in the ring, not in my gear photo that you see, I'm promoting the events I have coming up. I'm promoting the podcast I'm a guest on. I'm uh, posting the promo shots that I have taken of me or action photos from the matches that I've had. So to me, there's a mix and a mix is necessary. So it doesn't get... Absolutely. Dale, so you're reaching new people. Maybe this photo that's not wrestling related catches somebody's eye, but then they become a fan of mine and start following my career, et cetera. There's the balance. I think uh, that there's a level of class presented in what the photos that you take versus what I'm talking about that other girls are doing. You bring up you took the words right out of my mouth. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's all about class and quality. I mean, and, and your pictures, Casey, are a lot different than what some of these girls are doing. That's my point. Well, well, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. To, to Victoria and Casey's point, there's just a little bit of, you know, what we used to call cheesecake, a little tease. Yes. Yeah. yeah, show them enough to get them interested. But, you know, like, don't give away the whole cake, you know? Right. Right. You know, it's, I, it's like... It's like, uh, I think, the day that I quit watching the WWE, it hits right on this. Um, the girls, they were over in Kuwait, and Triple H was playing Santa. And there was supposed to be this contest about who, and whoever won the contest was going to be Santa's little helper. Mm. Well, the girls came out. I'm expecting a wrestling match. They take off their coat and they've got three triangles and butt flops. I mean, you could literally see in entirety their entire butt. And then they proceeded to dance, do a dance off, and the only thing that was missing was the pole. And a lot of these ladies are doing this because they think this is what it takes to get over. And and like I said, thank you. Your pictures and what you're doing is a whole lot different, I think, than what he's talking about. Yeah, and she knows what I, she yeah. knows what I'm getting at there I on do. that. That's why I said it's a level of class versus a whole other spectrum of, of now maybe the, if I had the body to be able to wear three triangles we might be having a whole nother conversation but I don't 
Because I, they I doubt that, that very seriously. I'll like say that. this, Casey. <laughs> trust me, Casey, you got your fans out there. You really well, do. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. Uh, you know, we uh, we covered quite a bit of ground tonight, but we really have. We definitely uh, we we definitely have to warrant part two for this. Oh, I, 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 think, I think they could do that tonight. I think we could do a sit down with all three of these ladies one on one anytime. I mean, Kathy included, for sure. I mean, just let's, uh, let's get everybody's uh, plugs in. Uh, Victoria, how can people reach you? How can people book you for an appearance? Give us uh, all your your pertinent info, your Facebook, your Instagram, Twitter, whatever uh, you got. Well, unfortunately, I'm also old school with that concerned. I don't do Instagram or Twitter, but I do do Facebook. Um, I'm on Facebook under the name Vicki Otis. I'm also on Facebook with Velvet Knives fan page. It's Velvet McIntyre and Princess Victoria. Uh, you can contact me through private message on either one of those sites. And I've also got some really nice T-shirts for sale. So if you want a T-shirt, I've got one with my autograph on it. Yep. All right. Casey <laughs> Carlisle. I want a Victoria T-shirt. Casey Carlisle. Casey Carlisle. Um, I am on. Fa I have two Facebook pages. I have my pro. Why is Jeff laughing? I have my profile page, <laughs> and I have my fan page. Uh, the profile is Casey Carlisle. Facebook.com/slash Casey Carlisle. The fan page is Facebook.com/slash Casey Carlisle fan page. I'm on Instagram under Casey Carlisle. I am on Twitter. I'm not very good at it, but I'm trying to be better. But yeah. I am there. Thank, thank you at Casey Carlisle. Um, <laughs> And, of course, <laughs> and my website, which is www.caseycarlisle.com. My joke is I tell people if you spell my name correctly and you Google me, you're going to find me because everything is just straight up under my name. And it's spelled Casey Carlisle. Carlisle, like the town in Pennsylvania. <laughs> the man's name, Carl, and Isle, like an island. There you go. The one everyone misspells is, well, not always, my first name. Sometimes I get a Y in my last name, but. And how can we reach Kathy Fitzpatrick? Oh, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Casey, I have to ask you, are you going to be at the big event coming up in New York? Not as of now, unfortunately. I'm not booked for it right now. But a very good friend of both of ours wanted me to tell you he said hi. Stro. Oh, yes. Stro is such a good guy. <laughs> he is a great dude. Robbie is. is a great man. I love him to death. Tell him I say hello back. I think I have a message waiting for him on Instagram, actually. Tell him I say hello back. I will. We did our uh, podcast last night. And I was telling him I was going to be on this. And, you, and he was like, oh, my God, please tell him I said hi. And oh, that's so sweet. Tell him I say hello. <laughs> well, tell you what, why don't you why don't you uh, give a plug to your podcast that you I was do? I going to say that. That's something to plug. Well, on Tuesday nights, uh, it's VOC Nation, and it's called In the Room. It's Brady Hicks. He's uh used to be a, a publisher for PWI mm -hmm. and a writer, and Stro and myself, and um, you know we. Get different people on. I we've had Casey on a couple times, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's on Tuesday nights from nine to eleven. 
usually because I'm old, I have to be in bed early, so I'm out at 9.30. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, time. being at the office at 5 a.m. is a killer anymore. <clears throat> but um, I couldn't do it, so respect. Uh, but, um, you know, we do a Tuesday nights. We have a really good time. You know, some of the callers get a little too friendly. <laughs> ah. ah, yeah, I'm sure. Here we go again. Exactly. They, um, well, uh, for me, I'll go ahead and plug me did, really did quick. Did I ask you yet? <laughs> oh, my bad. It's ladies' night, Jeff, not Jeff's <laughs> night, Jeff. Where can they get the ref? <laughs> go ahead. You can find me over here on Twitter at JeffRob41977. I'm over I, on Facebook. I'm not hard to find on there. Uh, Angela tags me all the time there from our our uh, our, our, our own Facebook page, the Wrestling yes. with the Future uh, Facebook page. But we also I have started a new podcast that is in addition to um, Wrestling with the Future. It is called the Rest Roundtable. So um, located, Jeff. It is it is located anywhere you can find Wrestling with the Future. You can find the Rest Roundtable. Wrestling with the Future Podcast Network. Yes. Yes, Thank sir. And, and <laughs> that was the phrase, I think. <laughs> it is with me and my best friend, my, my childhood best friend, uh, Mike Kelleher, who has known me since the third grade. And uh, me and him, we kind of, we just do, you know, we're going to we're gonna have to start having some guests on from time to time. And Back, back up a minute. All right, hold yeah. on. What Jeff is trying to say in this long-winded way the show is called The Ref's Roundtable with Jeff the Ref Robinson and Mad Mike Kelleher. There you go. Kelleher can be seen on Legacy List with Matt Paxson all across the country uh, on your PBS station. Uh, it's a great show. He is the stuff guy yep. on Legacy List. And uh, Jeff's next episode of The Ref's Roundtable will air tomorrow. Uh, I previewed the show. It's a great show. Um, and they actually hit on some of the stuff that we did. Casey, you <laughs> It's just, he took like three minutes trying to put it over, and now you just have to do it all over. <laughs> I was trying to hold it in. I should have covered my camera. Go ahead, Jeff. No. <laughs> I, I, I think we're losing we're losing control here, uh, slowly but surely, Angelo. Brother, we lost control when we. Are coming off. <laughs> I, I I I do want to say really quick, also a quick plug for Vicky. There is a game, a a, a card based tabletop game out there that has her character likeness in it. It is called um, is by Phil Singer Games. It's called Legends of Wrestling. It's mm. a dice playing game. That yeah. You can play with either yeah. one player or two player. If you think that you can be a booker, here's your chance. You can book your dream matches. You can have Princess Victoria taking on Sherry Martell. You can have, you know, any number, you know, there's quite a few of the legends in there. And I just want to get that give that a quick plug because I know Victoria. Okay, I, uh, can I back up uh back that up with another plug? The t-shirt that I've got for sale is my likeness likeness. My art, the artwork that was created for that particular game. Yep. yep. And, and uh, also, something kind of funny was I messaged Vicky and I said, Hey, Vicky, you know, this card game that I play all the time. And Vicky goes, 
she she goes, what the hell? What are you talking about? Who's using me? I mean, she was trying to promo on me. And I'm going, whoa, I was just telling you I, I was looking forward to it. That was, that was, that, <laughs> I'm oh, sure you remember that one, Vicky. You're killing me. Ah. <laughs> Vanguard. I remember that. <laughs> Okay, we got VCWs coming up March the 14th. We're going to be at Hampton High School where Brandon Scott will be taking on the champion Gino for the VCW Heavyweight Championship. And as our special guests, we're bringing in the one, the only, Sergeant Slaughter. This is a fundraiser for the Hampton Crabbers. They can go to vcw-wrestling.com or Vanguard Championship Wrestling on Facebook. Get all your ticket info there. Trust me, you'll like it. You like old school wrestling. You'll love some VCW wrestling. All right. And for Wrestling with the Future, Dog Pro Wrestling. The next event is February 29th in Little Egg Harbor, New Jersey. It is big trouble in Little Egg Harbor. Jaden is presenting an amazing event that night. It will benefit the Edward Thornton Community Center in Little Egg Harbor. Again, that's uh, February 29th. Bell time is at 7.30. Go on dogprowrestling.com for more information. Breaker Morant, the champion, will defend his title that night. Our buddies, Vinny the Fixer and Patch, will defend their tag team championship. Uh, and, oh, and speaking of Vinny, uh, he is with uh, Malwa Wrestling. That's Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Alliance. Is it Alliance or Association? Alliance. Mid Alliance run out of Berlin, New Jersey. I'm Throw a plug in for Vinny. Uh, we are now, thank you fans, at 350,000 downloads plus. And, Sweet. Uh, and yeah, and, and I'm, I cannot thank our fans enough, nor can I thank our sponsors enough. Speaking of which, Al Forno Restaurant. You, Jeff, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> It's not just me that breaks into hysterics. Uh, we lost the show. Alforno <laughs> <laughs> Pizza and Restaurant. It, uh, it's at 1535 Holland Road in Suffolk, Virginia. Any Friday night, any given Friday, just look in the corner. You'll see a guy hiding behind the menu. That's Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> What, what we got? We, we, we are having an amazing the spaghetti and meatballs are to die for this week over there. They are uh, homemade meatballs. You cannot be homemade. Zio, the owner, greet you like family. In fact, his family is there to greet you. Yeah, there you go. That's All the truth. Right. And your what's your favorite again? You said was the uh, the fettuccine. No, what was it? The uh, uh, tortellini. I, I, I get the Alfredo with tortellini stuffed Alfredo. Or tortellino, tortellini stuffed in, with cheese and Alfredo sauce and shrimp. And Ooh. the dishes to die for. Yeah, uh, cake, corn, and other shrimp. <laughs> you're talking about food that I can't eat because it, it makes me like three times the size I should be. So I don't eat oh it. My God. I mean, we got our plugs I'm in trying cake. to drop weight, man. <laughs> now I'm sitting here thinking about driving to Suffolk for dinner. <laughs> well, we got we got our plugs in, Casey. Do you got any matches coming up uh, in the coming weeks? <laughs> well, wait, wait, Jeff, I still have to get our stuff in. <laughs> My bad. Wrestling with the future. Facebook <laughs> forward slash wrestling with the future. 
Twitter at Wrestling Future. We don't have an Instagram yet, but I think we're going to do one. I think we're going to do Instagram. I've been thinking about it. So we're going to we're going to hit up an Instagram here in the next week. Um, we have merch. We have our first shirt out. It's available first. Uh, the first shirt will be available. Uh, let's see what today is. Wednesday, next Monday. The shirts arrive on Monday. And they are in available in large, extra large, 2X. And I had a special shirt for Jeff. They threw in as a freebie. Jeff, don't give me that look. <laughs> Smiled. Yeah, but when you smile, it means trouble for me, brother. <laughs> God. I'm just in a good mood tonight. I'm sorry. Yeah, because Casey's here. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's Kylie. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, give me this, Casey. Oh, your shit, I swear. Um, we are on. <laughs> I'll get through this. We are on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Podbean, Podbay, Tumblr. Uh, we are on Twitch TV, Daily Motion, YouTube, and uh, as Jeff likes to say, the fillings in your teeth. Right. You can find wrestling to just find us. We're everywhere. We're like horse shit. We're everywhere. <laughs> Jeff the ref, Casey Carlson, Victoria, and Kathy Fitzpatrick. I'm Psychic Medium Angelo. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Good night, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, Bye, everyone.